census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 292 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Railhope. You can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. Patsy the Toothless Nerd. Yeah, we're going to get into that in a few minutes. But as you can tell uh, that I'm here, I almost got <laughs> I almost got ahead of myself because we are, uh, I, I have to first tell, mention. I am here. I'm here and I'm not alone. <laughs> but first, I want to let you know that we are we are uh, sponsored by Deadly Grounds Coffee, and we are part of the Dorkening Podcast Network. You can check out all the amazing shows at thedorkeningpodcastnetwork.com. It's not just a clever name. But as I said, I'm not here uh, by myself. You're by uh, yourself. I'm here with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is a pain in the ass. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, nobody saw that one coming. But if you know, you know. No, uh, she is the uh, mistress of Merlot, the princess of Prosecco, the queen regent of Rosé, the Michael Phelps of wine, the queen of the monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. I'm probably forgetting some in there because I threw myself off. But uh, it's Ashes Von Nightmare. I am here. Hello. Yes, she is here. Uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm queer. Get used to it. I was just going to say you were here. Get used to it. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you folks know out there, but I recently uh, I had to uh, undergo a procedure. Is this a, you, you lost a little bit of weight. I did. I, I lost a very little bit of weight. And, you know, it's been really difficult. And uh, <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, things have been have, uh, have been tough because I had this uh, really serious <laughs> medical procedure, and I haven't. Uh, I <laughs> I haven't let it get me down. Uh, yesterday, uh, I. <laughs> I need some distraction. Uh, I had a, uh, a a tooth surgically extracted, uh, and uh, I haven't let that get me down. I've been uh, I've been able to to do everything that I need to do. That is not a coaster. I'm, uh, you know, I, I went to work today. I uh, I uh, I was able to uh, open my own pudding. Because I, I can't. Uh, <laughs> I had a tooth pull and I couldn't open my own pudding. It very nearly cost me the ability to speak, but it didn't. Um, <laughs> Darn. But, uh, you know, I just kind of, I, I wanted to, I'm not looking for sympathy. Um, you know, I I just want people out there to know the uh, the sacrifice that I've had to make. Um uh, 
you know, it was a it was a pretty uh, intense. It took them an hour, three different drills, something that seemed like a jackhammer. Uh, and I tell you, the smell of burning tooth in your uh, in your nostrils is is less than pleasant. But uh, they were able to get it out, so I no longer have a giant broken tooth in my mouth. But I have no teeth at all on my lower left side of my mouth. You're like that little dinosaur from the show. Oh, you know, dragon. <laughs> You're like the little dragon who's got no toothies from yes. the show. Yeah, toothless. But, you know, and... and so the reason why he's going through all of this right now, this stems from a conversation we had in our kitchen about, like, I don't know, a half hour ago. It was an hour and a half ago. Wow, yeah. it took us a long time to get ready. Yes, it did. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was trying to throw himself a pity party, and I was like, I'm sorry, do you want Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background right now? And apparently he did, so... <laughs> and she had no idea that I was doing this, but I just thought it was really funny. Obviously, it's not a huge. I had, I had to open the fridge, remove the pudding from the package. I am fending for myself. I was like, "What? Do you want me to feed you like a bird?" No, and I said, "I don't want you puking in my mouth." But like, I have to sit here and scoop my own pudding like a peasant, like a caveman. Like that's how a caveman would do. Actually, a a toothache would kill a caveman. I saw a thing earlier today that uh, was like, oh, you know, Bye, Sarah. only eats organic food, you know, runs everywhere, exercises every day. And, you know, it was a picture of a caveman, like listing all the like only eats organic food, and, like gets plenty of exercise and fresh air, dies at 35. And, you know, like a splinter would do him in. But, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, yeah. modern medicine. I just thought that would be a funny way to kind of s- start off the show. So, um, uh, yeah, so so you're hopped up on painkillers. I am I'm not. I'm hopped up on anti- I am not. No, I was going to say I am antidepressants. That's not it. Antihistamines. Different thing. Different I actually, guy. Uh, they didn't give me pain medication. They told me um, I can take 800 milligrams of ibuprofen and then an hour later, 1,000 milligrams of, of Tylenol meth. if I need it. And... Here and there I have because there is, you know, I, I've got a sutured up hole in my mouth. And the thing that bugs me the most is that I can't have anything like crunchy. And now all I want is crunchy stuff. Like I have a box of Cheez-Its that I can't touch. Um, we do have a cookout coming this uh, this Sunday. So I'm hoping that everything's good for that. But, uh, yeah, so that was a good uh, five-minute introduction as to what's going on. But that's part of the reason why we did not have an episode last week is because this tooth was really bothering me and it was getting to the point where I was simultaneously dreading and uh, anticipating the uh, uh, the extraction. Because as much as it sucked, uh, I don't have that pain in my mouth. And give it a few days and it'll be it'll be all good. But we have a very interesting episode for you today. It's a little different from what we normally do because... These folks that we're covering, these are, uh, they're obviously characters, um, you know, personalities cultivated by real people, and um, 
we actually got to meet them the other day and, and see a live show. We're talking, of course, if you don't know, you don't follow us on social media, we're talking, of course, about the Boulay Brothers. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Boulay Brothers' Dragula, pause this right now, go watch all four seasons on Shudder and Hulu, and familiarize yourself with this. I like to describe it as uh, RuPaul's Drag Race meets Fear Factor. And I think that's a fairly accurate assessment. I, I, I so, y- Yes, for all intents and purposes. It's a drag competition, like, and they're also doing these horrific things like getting vacuum sealed. Y- yes, but it's it's a completely different monster, uh, pun intended, because, yes. you know, uh, Dragula, and we'll, we'll talk about that during the second half of this uh, conversation, but Dragula, the television series, is the search for the next drag super monster. So they're not just looking for drag queens. Oh, no, no. They're looking for drag kings or however else you want to identify yourself, which I think is absolutely fabulous. And it's one of the reasons why I love this show so much. Now, you said that it was available on Shudder and Hulu. It's actually only available on Shudder. Seasons two through four, the most recent season being four, um, available on Shudder in its entirety. Season one, so fun fact, when it first came out, the first season was available on YouTube. I remember watching it on my computer, um, you know, and my and my phone. So uh, they are in the process of revamping it. It was a very bare bones season being the first season, kind of like the, the pilot season, so to speak. And uh, they did a really good job of, of presenting it in such a way. But, you know, what Dragula is now compared to what it was, it is so different. It has evolved so much and just it grown exponentially. And the production value, you know, the money that is involved in, in the most recent seasons it pales in comparison to, you know, I wish to say the, the first seasons pale in comparison to um the the more recent seasons but i mean there's there's something so magical about that first season and the winner of that first season vandervon odd is just astounding remarkable so creative so talented uh so i'm really excited for shutter to get their little paws on the first season and to remaster it and to uh, they're taking some more of the footage that they had lying around and they're going to show you more you're going to you're going to see more so those of you who haven't had the opportunity to see the first season uh, when it does air on shutter it's going to be something completely different than what was first shown um, which I think is I'm I'm so excited for. I cannot wait to see more of like the behind the scenes stuff, more of the you know Dragula monsters getting into characters and uh, what it takes for them to get into these characters and do what they do. And there was a lot of talent on that first season. There's a lot of talent on every season, to be completely oh, yeah. honest with you. And we got to see some of that talent Saturday, uh, Sunday night, which was. Uh, there are three things now i should say now there are three things kind of vying for the top spot of greatest moment of my life and sunday night was definitely it, it it's it's up there it's up there being the top able to two are meeting me that's the top two uh, 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 sure sure why don't you play top, sarah mclaughlin again top um, two six eight and twelve 
I've decided. Oh, you've decided? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, well, sure. Um, or, you know, top three for me is obviously uh, my whole Lady Gaga concert experience. And if you haven't heard that story, I'll gladly tell you that over wine sometime. Um, and meeting and having interactions with Tim Curry that, you know, this is this is definitely up there. Um, being able to witness these performers, these beautiful, talented creatures, like up close and personal and having the opportunity to chat with them was just, oh, I, I have been I have been a fan of the Belay Brothers for over a decade at this point. Um, probably <clears throat> 15 years um, from what following what they used to do from afar uh, reading about them in different magazines and uh, the the dawning of the age of social media definitely helped with um, discovering certain people uh, but they've been on my radar for a long time. So when they came out with the first season of Dragula and they were, you know, on my screen, my world just completely changed. Uh, we have a uh, special guest that wants to ask you about your, your top moments. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Boston Bruins center, Patrice Bergeron. Oh, my uh, God. Hello. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh where do I rank? You uh, you met me, you had me sign your arm, and uh, I do a hockey for you, and uh, you don't put me in the top three? Okay, so, okay, okay, so top four. I, I kind of for a moment forgot that happened. You forget the Bergeron? I know, how can I, how can I, how can I forget meeting Patrice Bergeron, uh, fully equipped with a Fu Manchu because it was Movember, um, right I after they had won understand. the Stanley Cup, I was there. I did not have uh, my uh, my. I uh, you say uh, cap cap de Stanley and did not have it. But uh, perhaps it was because I was not wearing my hockey shoes. <laughs> uh, maybe that was the problem. Um, I did not bring any of my uh, my awards. The uh, Zelki. You, you understand Zelki? Okay, okay. So, thank you, Patrice Bergeron, for your wonderful visit. I will, I will see you later. Uh, au revoir. Uh, do you need me to sign anything on the way out? Perhaps uh, your cat. Uh, sign <laughs> the cat. Uh, it will be difficult because it's all a, uh, you say, square me. <laughs> square me. It's very square me. Uh, cats, uh, okay. they uh, do not like to be uh, rated on. Uh, they do not uh, appreciate yeah, No, it. no, Patrice Bergeron, please do not sign my cat. Oh, all right. Well, I, will I have be, something uh, else for you to sign later. I will be uh, sorry. This was a one-time offer. I am uh, I am out of here. Uh, yes, uh, go hockey. Au revoir. Thank you, Patrice Bergeron. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> You're nice. It's so nice of Patrice Bergeron to stop by during the off season. Well, he was listening uh, to the live broadcast somehow. <laughs> and broadcast from our house. And in Canada. <laughs> what? Why does Patrice Bergeron sound like Borat? <laughs> I was not. <laughs> That was legitimately Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron sounds like Sasha Baron Cohen. 
Hey, wait a minute, I came back. Uh, I play hockey. It's nice. I have, uh, I have uh, a trivia question for you. Uh, do you know the Muffin Man? How to spell Canada? <laughs> God. It is a C A N A D A. Ha. You did not know. You are, uh, as they say, a other. <laughs> Mon dieu, and I am off again. I must go practice my hockey. Maybe I will play again next year. Maybe not. There is no way to tell. Fire Bruce Cassidy and I will come back. Oh, au revoir. Wow. That guy was angry. <laughs> I did not drink enough wine <laughs> to do this episode today. He said something about hockey shoes. Like, <laughs> I what was think going it was going to be one of those episodes, but apparently it is. Can you imagine if uh, I was on like some sort of like pain-killing <laughs> opioid drug? Oh, God. Imagine oh, what I would no, be like. No, no, I don't, uh, Bergeron might not have come, though. He might, he might, he might not have swung by. Oh, I'll make Bergeron come. Oh, good. <laughs> Anyways, Sunday, will you stop it? Sunday, we went to a drag show. We're going to talk about it. Patsy the Angry Nerd. Yeah. This was your second drag show ever. Second drag show ever. Yes. Hold on. Bergeron, stay oh out of my, my pudding. God. I only took one. The pudding is tri bone. Bergeron took my. I'm so sorry. So yes, this was my second ever drag show, and this one uh, was definitely a more unique experience because we actually interacted with the performers prior to like we had the vip experience so we got to meet uh drac morta and swan thula the mike ruler the old schooler uh, <laughs> you want a drink she'll bring it to you yeah nobody better nobody cooler um and we were trying to decide like what kind of pose we were going to do and you had the uh, idea of you and swan just like posing it up and having drac choke me and drac was like I'm all in for it. Uh, we did give them and uh, Ian copies of uh, my book, How Much Do You Tip an Exorcist? I wore that shirt. Nobody noticed that I had the shirt on, which is a little unfortunate, but that's okay. They got the books. They got our business cards. We'll see what happens. Um, also, getting to meet the monsters, the Saint uh, and, 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 and uh, Dali and Sigourney Beaver, which is one of the best drag names out there Hoso Teratoma uh, they were all super rad they looked amazing mm -hmm. um, just phenomenal like I wasn't even sure like what to say to them I was just telling them how great they looked and you were complimenting their hair they were complimenting your hair and I I believe Dali and myself felt left out so I complimented Dali uh, Dali's hair because it looked amazing. It was very similar to my own uh, hairstyle. So, um, no, they all looked incredible. Uh, every one of them. We got to see our friend Kex there. Um, <clears throat> no, this was different because there was some of the stuff that uh, you knew was going to happen or you had seen in the show that I hadn't gotten to see. 
um, but I was familiar with these uh, these performers, these uh, these monsters, and ultimately Dali being the super monster uh, for winning season four. Spoiler alert! Um, but we've listened to many episodes of the podcast. I think I'm think I'm more familiar with the podcast than I am with the with the show because I've heard more episodes of the podcast than I've seen. But it was a phenomenal experience, especially when Dali came out to Wax Fang's Majestic, which is a song that I really like and had only heard uh, ever used <clears throat> in uh, that one episode of American Dad mm-hmm. where they had a creature called the Majestic, which was... Uh, pretty awesome so i was singing along to that song because it was the only song i knew i didn't know the other songs but some of the performances and i don't want to give anything away in case anybody in the audience is listening but saint's second performance was unfucking real um i really liked dali's second performance i loved sigourney beaver's second outfit or technically like third outfit because they did they had they each did their own individual number then they had like the group number then the boulets did their number mm-hmm. then they had an intermission and they ended up doing a live episode of the podcast because it was a sold out show yeah, which we didn't realize they were going to be doing no, and, and that was just that was such a treat and such we a had, treat uh, we had some friends who had gone to the show in other cities and they didn't get that experience. However, because their shows weren't sold out, they got more time talking to the boulets, talking mm-hmm. to the, the the monsters, which, <clears throat> you know, it's a trade-off. You, you're going to get one or the other. So I get it, you know. Um, but the, the second acts were phenomenal. Um I, re- I just I don't know what it was about Dolly's. I think it was just the combination of the music, the outfit, and like the uh, on the big screen, like it had like UFO stuff going on behind it. Like I I was a fan. I was a fan. Um, I don't want to say it was better or worse than the other show because it was different. It, well, it was different. So the other drag show <clears throat> that you went it's more to pageantry. Um, Last summer, last year, was a drive and drag show. So uh, COVID was still, you know, in pretty much full swing last summer. We were also nowhere close to the stage. Um, But uh, we had the opportunity to attend this drive-in. So it was just like a drive-in movie, but there was a theater set up. So you drove in your car. You could watch from your car. They had, you know, huge screens so you could see what was going on on stage. It was fantastic. It was so beautifully done. They were all RuPaul girls uh, on the bill. Um, it was it was really cool. Uh, this performance, however, you know, it was it was all Dragula performers. So... We had the opportunity not only to see the top four 
of the season four of, of Dragula. But we also had the opportunity to see Miss Violencia, who was... Violencia exclamation point. Yes. Well, well, excuse me. Well, you know. You teach him something, and then all of a sudden he's the expert. Uh, yes, Miss Violencia exclamation point, who was actually the first voted off on season three. Um Nothing to do with her drag, everything to do with the challenge. She is an icon of the Boston. I was just I was just say the the north northeastern uh drag scene. She is an icon. She hosts events in Boston. She hosts events down in Rhode Island. She is in Incredible. So uh, what they did was they had random Dragula girls, like the local girls, uh, jump on when they were, you know, hey, we're going to be in your hometown, you know, come come perform with us, which is so cool. So most of the dates had, you know, at least one, if not two or more uh, Dragula, other Dragula performers outside of of just the top four. And let me tell you, the whole night was just Incredible, incredible. The the talent, the creativity, the overall professionalism of everyone involved. Uh, you, I, I, I love seeing someone in their element. I love seeing someone who is doing something that they love so much and that they've really honed their craft and that they have it down to it's it's a science for them at this point. Like they know exactly what they need to do and all of the stars align and it's just perfection. They get out on stage, they become a different person, you know, they turn into this this creature, this super monster, this this drag god, you know, what have you. And they perform. And for those those four or five minutes that, you know, their 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 songs are, are going and they're performing and you know the the crowd is just screaming, cheering, clapping for them. It's just it's it's magic. The energy that was in that room last uh, I almost said last night. No, it wasn't last night, Sunday night. Um it was just incredible. Like, it really was. It was to the point where, I, like, I just, I was on this high immediately. Oh, we were on the high when we walked into the Sinclair. Uh, so, yeah, it was hosted at the uh, the Sinclair in Cambridge. Uh, great little venue. Um, and it was just I mean, the, the energy from the people around us waiting to see the show. We made new friends. Shout out to Kane. How you doing? Um it was just so cool. It was so cool. And the, the performers themselves, getting to see the Boulay brothers perform, um, you know, you see little tidbits of what they do, their floor show, so to speak, on the show. And I've seen videos of their performances and whatnot from the clubs, from the, they used to produce, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but they used to be nightlife producers they used to host events at clubs where they would cult they, they would curate these events you know hand choose who the entertainers are going to be and oftentimes they were of those entertainers and i've seen videos of them perform and you know to be able to finally finally see them perform in person like i my i was speechless and i still am like to to try to sit here and completely describe to you how amazing and perfect 
their performances are. It truly is an art. Truly. Uh, it was just, I was just, I was mesmerized. I could not get enough. Um, you know, the, the, the two hours that this went on for flew by, felt like five minutes. I, three I, I could, hours. Well, with the intermission and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, it just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough. I wish everyone had the opportunity to experience something like this, you know, and aside from the boulets, um, you had Sigourney Beaver, who I agree, one of the best drag names ever. And she, so she's an AFAB queen. That means assigned female at birth, much like yours truly, uh, because, you know, there is a place at the table for women in drag. Uh, she is just a queen. She is a queen among queens. She is perfection. She is beauty personified. She is the most gorgeous creature I have ever seen in my life. Her makeup is just so on point and her performances, very burlesque inspired, very graceful. Uh, just if you uh, find her on Instagram and look at her videos, Sigourney Beaver, uh, she is just wonderful it's wonderful and so she has this really sweet voice too and she's talking to you and then she gets on stage and she just ah oh, ah oh, her stage persona she's 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 everything she is everything she is a flamethrower and then you have Hoso Teratoma, who brings something to the table that is so interesting and unique such a such a different perspective on drag um very uh current very um animated Avant very card. animated and very uh i was really i wasn't sure what to expect from their performance because outside of you know the dragula stage on the TV show, which is, you know, what the, what they do on the show is completely different from a live performance. Um, I mean, their artistry is beyond, beyond uh, some of the creatures that they, they created for the show. Um, the makeup itself, their, their makeup is so unique. I've never seen anything like that before. The way that they use colors and shapes and, you know, they are able to make themselves look so like haunting and creepy yet beautiful at the same time. Uh, but the, but the energy that they have on stage is just unmatched. It was incredible the way that they had the, the the stamina that they have to keep that energy up at a consistent rate for like the five minutes that they're performing i mean i'm talking like a high energy running around on stage jumping um somersaults all of this crazy stuff it was just my mind was my mind was i was I was blown away by them. It was it was so much more than I, I could I could even fathom. And then when you have Saint, so Saint is actually the winner of the Dragula Resurrection um, special that was produced by Shutter on Shutter. It was more like a it was different because it wasn't the TV show, but it took. Uh, monsters from previous seasons and kind of gave them a second chance 
to earn a spot on the fourth season. So Dali was actually on uh, the Resurrection special as well. Saint was a part of season three. And Saint, who used to be known as Saint Lucia, uh, went home pretty early. Didn't really have a chance to uh, show people who they were and what they could do. The Resurrection special, there's a reason why Saint won. Um, their artistry has evolved so much and their take on drag is so important and so needed. It is so needed right now. And seeing them perform and seeing, you know, the kind of like some of the, the hidden meaning and some of their, in, in, in some of what, what they were doing on stage again, I'm trying not to give too, too much away. Um, but in, in, in what they were doing on, on stage, some of the, some of the meaning behind what they were doing, it's just, it's, it's so, it's so needed and warranted right now. Um, and the, the talent, the talent is just, uh, uh, and then Saint came out for their second set and I was just as soon as the beat dropped. So not only were they wearing uh, and, and, and a couple of them wore um, some of the costumes that they made for specific challenges for their season of Dragula. So not only did they come out wearing um, one of their one of their costumes that they created, but when the beat dropped, I knew exactly which song they were going to perform to. And I just fucking lost it because never in my life did I ever think of pairing the costume that they were wearing, what that costume was of, what that costume represents, and that specific song that they performed to. And if you really want to know what it is, I will, I will just DM me, message me. I will, I will absolutely spill the tea all over the place um, if you really want to know. But uh, it was just, it was so, it was so good to the point where it was one of my favorite performances of the night for the sheer just shock value of of everything. Um, and then there's Dolly. So Dolly, uh, I have a special place in my heart for Dolly because I knew Dolly a long time ago as Javon Monroe from a uh, musical act called Blood on the Dance Floor. Now, uh, the other person involved in Blood on the Dance Floor is a... Um, is a horrible person, piece of shit, and we're not going to give that, 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 that band or that name uh the time of day we're not going to talk about him but we are going to talk about dolly uh i've followed dolly for for years you know from the myspace days the warp tour days i've been a fan i was a fan when he uh made music i was a fan when they were on season two of dragula um and i was a fan when they reappeared on the resurrection special the dolly that you see in season two versus the dolly that you see on the resurrection special oh my goodness the evolution the glow up honey the glow up is real and 
the happiness. That's literally what you said to Dolly before. Yeah, I just, I, it was just one of those things where I was just like, hey, I just, you know, I just want to, like, I would, I would kick myself if I didn't take the opportunity to say that, you know, I, I've, I've followed, you know, I'm like, I've followed you for years ever since the MySpace Warp Tour days. And, you know, it makes my heart so happy to see where you're, where you are now. Um, you know, and I told him, I'm like, the glow up is real. But, but here's the thing, like, they look so happy. They look so happy, so confident and happy in themselves. They look healthy. They look, uh, the way that they are expressing themselves through drag, you know, their, their current drag persona, the art that they are creating is just, uh, it is so good. And it's something that is so different than what others are doing, playing with, you know, androgyny and, the makeup that is created that you know the, the 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 looks and the costumes and everything and seeing them on stage you know i've i saw him years ago as a musical act you know seeing them on stage as dolly the performer the winner of season four because so saint won resurrection and was able to come back but they saw something in Dali. They saw this fight, this this want to be there that Dali didn't really have in that second season. And Dali went home after that second season and kicked himself in the ass like every single day, you know, and, and just questioned, thought, you know, I, I really gave up on this opportunity. What the hell was I thinking? But it sounds like they worked on themselves. And when they came back for Resurrection... It was, they were a completely different person, completely different person. And the Bouleas saw something in that and they decided to bring Dali back for season four as well. So both Saint and Dali competed. Both Saint and Dali made it to the top four and Dali ultimately won. Um, and their performance Sunday night was simple, a little prop. You know, a little bit of props and stuff, uh, some fun, light stuff happening. But it was the confidence that this performer had on stage that made them one of the best acts of the night. Like, Dolly is a performer who is fully realized at this point. They know who they are. They're experimenting with things, but they, at, at the heart of it, they know who they are as a performer. And I love the ride that we are going on with the character of Dolly. It's just, it's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, and, and it was just, it was one of the best performance. I mean, overall, like the whole thing, everyone included and Violencia was fantastic. Uh, she truly is. She's, she's a queen. She's a fucking queen. Um, you know, the, the expression that was shown in all of these performances, uh, just the, the, the immense talent that it takes to the, passion. The, the balls it takes to get up on stage like that and, you know, put yourself out there like that expose yourself in such a way in you some know, ways some of them exposed more than others yes they did yes I'm just yes saying. so just you know but being comfortable with yourself being comfortable with your body and you know uh 
really just ultimately giving no fucks and leaving it all on the floor. Yeah, it was a phenomenal show. And, you know, I, I consider myself a fairly confident human being, but to have even a tenth of the, the self-assuredness and confidence and just utter badassery that these folks had um, would be would be phenomenal. So I think this is a great place. Uh, this is a great place. This is a great place to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the Boulet Brothers. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. ready to talk more Dragula and Boulet Brothers, and that, of course, being the Dragula theme song. So, uh, Ashes, you are much more knowledgeable about the Boulets than I am. Um, so why don't you uh, give us a little background and some history and, and, and whatnot. So I first discovered the Boulets. Oh, I want to say it was... Uh, 2007, 2008, I read uh, an article about them and their nightlife endeavors. Uh, most of you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a club kid at heart. Had I been old enough at that during that time, I absolutely would have hopped a bus to New York City and uh, join in with Michael Alleg and James St. James and the rest of the club kids. Uh, and for anyone who's interested, James St. James actually hosts a podcast on WoW Presents Plus uh, called Night Fever. And him and his buddies, they all, they interview former club kids and talk about everything and what happened and who was doing who, who was doing what, who was snorting, what you know it's it's really interesting kind of a uh an introspective of you know everything that was happening during that time obviously talking about the the murder the murders in clubland um you know that happened involving michael alleg and stuff like that but uh but yeah so i've always been really intrigued by by this club culture especially 
growing up, kind of coming into my formative years, uh, in a small town in Massachusetts where um, everyone looks the same, no one really stands out, nobody really does anything, nothing exciting ever happens. So for me, being able to kind of live vicariously through these characters that I read about, uh, it kind of, it, it, it got me through, it got me through and ultimately helped me create the person who I, who I am today, you know, really helped me kind of, uh, cultivate who I wanted to be and ultimately learn how to express myself the way I wanted to express myself, which was exactly how these people express themselves through, through art and through glamour and through makeup and costumes and literally being a walking piece of art. You know, that, that's how, that's how I want to be. Um, so I read about the Boulay brothers and I forget, I forget, uh, it was some, some online uh, bit and I was just uh, fixated on them and I couldn't get enough to the point where, you know, I was, I believe I was using Ask Jeeves, Ask Jeeves, uh, who are the Boulay brothers? Um, and trying to absorb every piece of information that I could find about them. So fun fact, they aren't actually brothers. They're actually partners, which I find uh, even more intriguing. They've been partners for, gosh, over two decades at this point. And they both had a similar love for drag, filth, horror, and glamour, you know, and... Uh, created this this thing that has ultimately become the Boulay brothers and Dragula you know what we what we see today uh, so they started out as nightlife producers so their first event was called Miss Kitty's Parlor and I believe it's the second season of Dragula um, Miss Kitty is actually one of the guest judges. So it's kind of cool. Uh, they bring some of their friends along for the ride. Uh, other drag performers, um, other horror celebrities. Like if you have not had a chance to check out Dragula, it is really more than just a drag competition. Like Drag Race could never, seriously. Drag Race, I, as much as I love RuPaul's Drag Race, I love RuPaul. I love everything that RuPaul has done for the world of drag. I love how drag race has brought drag to the mainstream there are now drag conventions we're seeing drag have this just emergence you know that we've never seen before it's it's more accepted um you know it, it's become more uh, mainstream ingrained in pop culture and i i think it's Overall, I think it's fantastic. Obviously, the misuse of it, that's a whole other thing. And that, that's a different conversation for another day. But, um, but what Dragula is doing is so incredibly important in showcasing that drag is really for everyone. And drag doesn't have to be pretty. Drag doesn't have to be this pattern dra drag that, that we've come to know, you know, especially in the 90s when RuPaul's Supermodel of the World came out. You know, you better work. Uh, it is so much more than that. And that is what Dragula is showcasing. And the fact that, you know, it's more than just gay men posing as women. It's trans men. 
it's trans women. It is women performing as men. It is women, women performing as women. Sigourney Beaver calls herself a female impersonator impersonator. And whenever she said that, I instantly felt seen because finally, finally, I felt like I had something that kind of described what I was trying to do, you know, be this hyper feminine creature that's you get where I'm going with this. But anyways, you know, they are so accepting of the weirdos, the outcasts, the, 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 the kids who don't necessarily fit in, you know, the adults who don't necessarily fit in, you know, we always talk about kids, you know, like, oh, the kids are the, the, the weird kids or whatever, you know, weird kids grow up to be weird adults. And to be completely honest, weird adults are the fucking best. They truly are. I really am. And I've met a lot of weird people. <laughs> and you know who the weird adults are? They're the people that you know, make and create. I was going to say, like, they're the love. creators. They are. They are the the people who thinkers. aren't afraid to take chances. You know, right. Sam Raimi is a weird fucking dude, and you know what? You got fucking multiverse of madness because of that. So, just saying. But they're really, really supportive of so many different types, and this stems from their beginnings, their club beginnings. So they started an event called Miss Kitty's Parlor. It started in 2001 after they relocated from the East Village of Manhattan to L.A. The event was held every Friday night at the Dragonfly Nightclub in Hollywood, and it was held for nine years. The party is considered to be one of the most infamous weekly events held in L.A. due to its celebration of pansexuality, performance, and shocking stage shows. Miss Kitty's Parlor was billed as an erotic cabaret that featured multiple stages, multiple stage productions, con contests, live installation artists, costume dancers, and theatrical fetish-themed shows. It was so different and was infamous for having a diverse crowd and blending together club goers of all sexualities, gender identities, and cultures. It was, I don't want to say the first of its kind, but it was really integral in kind of helping to create the club scene that we see today. After that, they went on to... Um, so fun fact, Dragula is not just the name of their TV show. It actually started out as a show that they hosted and cultivated the performances for. So it was a monthly dance party and drag event which premiered at the Fault Line Leather Bar in Silver Lake, California. The event is known for bringing a gritty punk and glamorous alternative to the L.A. queer nightlife scene. It was billed as a celebration of drag, filth, leather, and glamour. Dragula was held in a gay men's leather bar and featured trans women and men go-go dancers and leather-clad muscle men entertainers. 
The event was hosted and curated by the Boulay Brothers and featured shock-themed stage shows performed by non-traditional drag artists, including horror-themed drag queens, drag kings, AFAB queens, and non-binary artists. The highlight of the event was the Midnight Drag Pageant, which saw 13 drag artists competing on stage in extreme challenges to win a $300 cash prize, a crown, and the title of Dragula. Wow, does that sound familiar? Due to the party's success, the event expanded and began running monthly in San Francisco at the San Francisco Eagle. The party was also held in New York City for a special one-night event as well as in Austin, Texas, as part of the International Drag Festival. The Boulay Brothers held the last live Dragula event on its third anniversary and announced that the party was transitioning into a reality competition TV show. The trailer for the first season of the show was screened at the end of the party. They are also famous for hosting and organizing an event called Queen Kong, a weekly Friday night dance party and live cabaret that ran for four years in downtown L.A. at the Gay Bar Precinct from 2015 to 2019. The party was a celebration of alternative queer art and live performance. The event has been credited with pioneering a new counterculture queer nightlife scene in downtown L.A. Each week featured an eight-show stage spectacular hosted and curated by the Belay Brothers featuring non-traditional drag artists, queer rappers, voguers, dancers, singers, and queer artists from all walks of life. The event featured guest performers from RuPaul's Drag Race as well as queer icons such as Bruce LaBruce, Lady Bunny, Coco Peru, Peaches Christ, and Hecklina. And some of those uh, performers actually went on to also be judges on Dragula. So obviously what the Boulay brothers are known for now is is Dragula, which is taking over Shudder. And uh, fun fact, we were kind of let in on a little secret uh, during the Creatures of the Night live podcast, which the podcast was actually started a couple of years ago. And it's fantastic. They're joined by their producer, Ian DeVogler, who is oh, such a I can't even put into words what a delight he is and meeting him in person, the energy that he conveys on the podcast over the microphone. Well, well, he, she, well, it's, it's all, it's all interchangeable. Mama. I mean, they referred, uh, they, they refer, they refer to Ian as she, um, yeah, so we'll, 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 okay, fine. We'll call she, Miss Ian DeVogler. Um, seeing her in person, her energy is just fabulous. And uh, she looked at me and she was like, how's it going, mama? And I was just like, ah, <laughs> you just called me mama. <laughs> kind of had a fangirl moment. But, but and, and, and seeing them live on stage, seeing the chemistry and the rapport and the quick wit that they all have, uh, clearly coming from years of of working together. I mean, obviously the Boulay brothers have chemistry. I mean, I would hope so. Um, you know, they know each other. They know their isms. But you throw Ian in there and he's he... She is such a delight, uh, and and that that energy is just uh, 
it's just it's just so enjoyable um so yeah definitely if you have not checked out the creatures of the night podcast it's really interesting they do some hollywood horror news they talk about upcoming events and whatnot they give you a little peek behind the curtain of filming dragula and life as the boulet brothers they do uh book reviews and film reviews usually horror based they do a specific book review. yes well we shall see Maybe maybe they find out how much they should tip an exorcist. Uh, and they kind of give you a, a little bit of uh, some spooky history, which I, I think is uh, it's just interesting. It's so cool. And, and they're all really fabulous people, well-spoken, uh, interesting, never a dull moment. But I think what people really know the Boulay brothers for is Dracula and it is taking over Shudder, as it should. So the first season of Dragula was on YouTube. It was their pilot season trying to, you know, work out the kinks and uh, using that to shop it around to, to different networks and stuff. Netflix actually picked up the second season, but it wasn't necessarily a good fit for them. Amazon Prime picked up the third season. And again, it was, you know, a nice place for them to call home. Uh, Amazon Prime had the previous seasons as well, which made it, you know, a nice, a nice, you know, weekend bingeable event. Um, But it wasn't right. Season four, actually, well, it started with Resurrection. Resurrection, the the special that was more like a film than an actual uh, competition you know competition special um premiered on shutter and in is still on shutter and the success of that brought season four to shutter and the success of season four is bringing season five to shutter and i heard a lot sooner than we i was expected. just gonna say and uh during the q a portion of the live podcast somebody asked you know hey when can we expect season five and they're like oh a lot sooner than you expect so soon you might think it's magic magic which made me really excited. I mean, well, myself and like everybody else around me, we were all just screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of a, a side note here. The past couple of, of, of years have been really difficult. It's been, it's been difficult for all of us. And, and some of us really had to... Uh, things came to just a, a, a grinding halt and some of us had a little more time on our on our hands than than usual and some of us were left with a, a lot of time to think about things and and some of that was good so you know having time to do some self care having time to do some inner reflection kind of you know work on yourself it's always good to work on yourself um you know, some of it was good. Some of it was not good. Sometimes you have a little too much time to think and you're left thinking about your purpose and you're left thinking about your effect on the world and you're left feeling small and then depression kicks in and your next thing you know, you're, you're spiraling and you can't dig yourself out. The Boulay Brothers Dragula being able to rewatch the previous seasons resurrection 
season four and the Creatures of the Night podcast honestly gave me something to look forward to. The show is a weekly show, so every week there's a new episode. The podcast is typically bi-weekly. I mean, these ladies are busy, you know, so uh, and, and we know we know what busy is. So they don't always stick to that schedule, but they try. Um, but, you know, having having new episodes, having new podcast episodes to listen to, it really helped bring me out of a place that I was having a difficult time getting out of gave me something to look forward to something creative something that I love so much you know and I really wish I had articulated this to them when I saw them but I was just so uh, overwhelmed I was so overwhelmed that uh, I just I, I, I couldn't I couldn't speak like I well, I mean, I spoke, but, you know, I didn't really say much of of, you know, anything of of importance, you know, so I'm hoping that I, I have the opportunity to meet them again, a to take a better picture with them because homegirl just did did not. I, I could not find my angle. I could not find my light. I could not find the camera. It was just a mess. But also to have the opportunity to just tell them, look, you know, the art that you create is so important and it's important to me because it helped pull me out of this really dark space this dark spot that I didn't know if I was going to be able to get myself out of and by just kind of losing myself in these episodes and listening to them every episode week after week say drag is art and art is subjective and listening to them give critiques and constructive criticism to people they don't just sit there and tell you hey you look like shit they sit there and tell you you know why they think the way they think about how you interpreted the 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 challenge for that week and you know they don't look down on you they don't discredit your drag they don't discredit your art you know if anything they have nothing but good things to say about every single contestant that has ever been on the show we're not here to judge your drag drag is art and art is subjective yes that's what i that's like the biggest takeaway that i've taken away from the show like they make sure to say that every time. Like it's not about your drag; it's about well, how you, you know, and they're not interpreted the challenge, right? And they're not comparing your drag, your art, to their drag and their art, like other shows do. They don't project themselves onto other people. They accept the contestants as artists and they respect their talents and what they bring to the drag table because it, it is it is so important for there to be multiple representations of drag at the drag table and the other show is slowly catching on to that we've seen some different contest contestants We've seen trans women. We've seen trans men. We actually saw the first straight male, which 
I have good, you know, I have thoughts and opinions about that, and they're all good. Um, actually, if you want to hear my opinion about that, I strongly suggest that you listen to the Old Man Wade show that I was on a few, actually, no, it was probably a month ago at this point. Um, we talk about drag, and I, I mentioned Maddie Morphosis and why I think his take on drag is important in tearing down the walls of forced masculinity and patriarchy and whatnot. Not that every straight man should do drag. Absolutely not. But I think it's important for drag to be represented by all kinds of different artists and that all kinds of drag be represented because it's not just one thing. You know, it's it's not Paris is burning. It's not... Um, the queen, you know, the house of La Beja. Like it's, it's more than that. It's more than just this pageantry that we've seen. It's more than just pretty. It's more than just, you know, a perceived man in a wig. Like it is so much more than that. And what the Boulet brothers are doing, what they're bringing to the drag table is something that is so important and current and so incredibly needed during this time and needed to move forward and needed, you know, art needs to evolve. Art needs to evolve in order to survive. And they are bringing the art of drag. They're helping it evolve into, you know, it's, it's, it's next being it's next, you know, a phase. And I love them for that. I love them for the art that they create. I love them for their the way that they express themselves. I mean, let's face it, their drag is just fabulous and it's actually every I mean what they were wearing, everything that they came out in Sunday night, I'm like, "Oh, I want that. Oh, I want that." Like robes and gorgeousness and then covered in blood and all of this other stuff and I'm just like, "Oh, I want that." Um but it's more than that. It's so much more than that. And I think most importantly, it's the attitude that they have and the attitude that they bring to the table and the amount of respect that they have towards their peers. Unless you're Michelle, Michelle Visage. Oh, oh, can we just side note? The shade, the shade of it all. The way, what they were talking about on the podcast. All oh, the shade yeah. that they were throwing at Drag Race. Oh, girl. Oh my God! It was, it was savage. It, the, the tea. The tea was scalding, scalding. Oh, it was so funny. It was so good. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was something. They are, they are something. They are something special. And like I said, if you if you haven't had the opportunity to check out Dragula, if you haven't had the opportunity to really check out and see who the Boulet brothers are, I strongly suggest you do. Uh, check out Shudder. That's where they live now. Um, they were on an episode of that Joe Bob's uh, Last Drive-In. Yes. Um, a few months ago. Uh, they have their own curated list of films and stuff on Shutter as well. I love that they're on Shutter. It's the perfect place for them. I, I cannot wait to that. see, you know, what else they come up with. Um, kind of like the the future of the Boulets. I'm really hoping that they take over the world. Blue Boulet Brothers, 2024. Let's do this. Yeah, they that got my right. vote. That Dual presidents. Right. Yeah, they'd be president, vice president. <laughs> I'm all for it. 
So I think with that being said, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to take a quick ba- break. We're not bake. A quick break. And when we come back, we've got a couple of other things to talk about. So uh, stay tuned. Hey, this is Andre Gower from the Monster Squad and Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday. back to where we are and that was uh time to die by the boulet brothers yes off of the ep that they dropped a couple months ago yeah so not only are they creating drag shows live performances television shows uh podcasts podcasts, they also do music as well is there anything that they can't do oh and fun fact so uh Dracmorta. Oh, oh, did we even mention their names? No, I did. Even, yeah. Remember? Dracmorta and Swanthula. The Mike Rule. Well, but here's the thing. So, kind of a fun fact for the longest time, they were just the Boulay brothers. And then in an an interview, they were asked, well, what what are you? Like, who are you? And they're like, oh, they're, we're the Boulay brothers. And it was, they were like, well, no, like, who are you? And they were like, oh, fuck we should probably come up with names so they begrudgingly dracula came up and with swan morta 
came up with Drakmorda and Swanthula. Um, but if, if, honestly, if they had their way, like they they would just be called the Boulay brothers. Like right, they're perfectly but... fine with that. Um, be like this this one entity uh, because they they. I mean, they don't look alike, but they do. Their makeup similar. They dress similar. They're Identical. Like mirror, they're mirror images of each other. Tall boulet, small boulet. Yes. <laughs> Drac is the taller one. And Swan is the shorter one. Well, uh, I, when there's only well, two, I you only have well, to well, say well, one they actually, of them. I, I, like, Swan is the shorter one. Yeah, Swan is still taller than I am. So, that's, like... I have shoes that's, taller than I you. Know. But the that's cat what I was is getting at. The, the cat is not taller than I am. Um, the cat that Patrice Bergeron wanted to sign. Yes. Yes. Um, but anyways, so there's this ongoing gag on Dracula that Dracmorda hates those demonia platform club kid shoes and somebody in season four wore them and she just read them to filth for the shoes and that was brought up during the q a portion of the podcast about the about the shoes and they jokingly said maybe we should kind of create our own line of club kid shoes and of course i mean i'm i am here for it so i'm i'm kind of hoping that they do that because i would buy every single fucking pair that they put out oh yeah um i would too probably (laughs) so um so anyways thank you for coming on this ride with us i appreciate it uh and thanks for if you're still hanging out with us thanks for uh this has been a train wreck of an episode (laughs) yes it has been lots of fun you're right (laughs) I mean, we had Patrice Bergeron <laughs> join us. Uh, you know, I got to tell my tragic tale of my tooth extraction. It's just so much fun had by all. Uh, but no, I promise next week we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. Sort of, kind of. Uh, including something interesting. So we are going somewhere. Yeah, tomorrow we are going to be uh, at the Somerville Theater for the second time in a couple of months. Because uh, we had a uh, a rap party there uh, for the holdovers, that was my first time there, and this will be the second time that I'm going there. Um, we are going to be uh, checking out the Bob's Burgers movie, uh, and the reason we chose the Somerville Theater over, say, you know, the Framingham AMC where we normally go, is because this specific showing is going to have an introduction by none other, none other than the most musical of the Belchers, Gene, Eugene Merman. Beef Squatch! Yes, uh, I'm super pumped. We should bring the Beef Squatch pop, just in case. So, um, it's super cool. We're going to get uh, to see him. Uh, our friends, uh, the Good Witch Anna Maria and Kales from the Crypt are also going to be there. We've made it so whoever gets there first is going to save seats for the other two. So they'll get there first, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but uh, we're going to be doing that. And that's what we're going to be talking about on next week's show. Uh, I'm super pumped. Like, we've been looking forward to this movie for a while. So long. So I thought long. I might be in Bulgaria and I wouldn't be able to, you know, have the opportunity to see this. But things happened and i'm here so um yeah um we're doing that and then the following week we will uh be touching on the crime against humanity that is joel schumacher's uh batman forever 
And, uh, and well, we may throw George Clooney's Batman in there as well. Well, we got to give everybody gets their own show. Everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Okay. So everybody gets their own show. Oh, good. Yeah. Get so, to talk about this stuff twice. Yeah. Great. So, uh, so looking forward to it. That's what we're going to be doing the next couple of weeks. Again, thank you for uh, sticking with us. And uh, with that being said, we, we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday.